Most golfers would like to be able to play where the pros play. Sadly, we're not going to get on the PGA Tour, not with our skill set. However, you can still play where the pros have played if you put a bit of time and effort into it. This podcast tells you how to follow in the footsteps of giants. Good evening and welcome back to another episode of In the Footsteps of Giants, a podcast, as you all our listeners know by now, is about encouraging you to go out, play golf around the world where the pros have played and then have fun talking about it in the bar afterwards. But as with all good ideas, we've kind of drifted a little bit into this uh, major discussion about golf and everything that's going around golf at the moment. And we've been very fortunate that we've had a few people come on and talk to us about a whole lot of the interesting things that are currently occurring. But tonight, we're really just back looking at what happened primarily in the US Open in the last few days and then a few of the other things that have occurred since then. Uh, so tonight's episode is entitled Two Men and a Battle at Brookline. And we're recording tonight from the Billy Foster Suite, uh, which is a sturdy and reliable old studio that has seen many come and go over the years before finally recording a number one. Yeah, and he's a caddy. And he's, he's a, a caddy. caddy. And for yeah. those of you who are regular listeners, you will hear the voice, yeah. the voice, and our resident champion for caddies the world over, Good evening, Des. Good evening, Marty. Yes, uh, a great competition at the weekend and uh, still uh, even above that, a lot of things to talk about in the world of golf. And uh, yes, very, very happy for Billy Foster. Well, I, I think he had a tremendous weekend. Not as good as maybe one other person, but we'll come back mm. to that fairly, very quickly. Now, we were hoping that in the studio tonight joining us would be uh, our uh, low handicap youth integration and social media guru, known as Young Mike. But Mike has A, a real job, and uh, B, he has young children. So uh, he is doing duties at home and is hoping to phone in and join us on the podcast fairly shortly with his views and opinions on what's happened recently. But until then, listeners, you're stuck with just me and Des. Oh, that's not a bad thing. I don't think that's great for the ladies who listen, because a number of no. the ladies, we've had more fan mail for young Mike than we've ever had for you and me, Des. Yeah, yeah. Just to start off, by the way, all our listeners know that we are, in fact, an independent podcast. We are beholden to no sponsors. We do not have any requirement to deliver an advert. And so anything we talk about that is product related or anything else is purely down to our own opinion and own experience mm -hmm. and generally yes. paid for yes. by our own money because I'm, I'm unaware of you getting too many freebies Des, and no, i'm certainly no, not, no, getting not yet, not yet. There too is many time. freebies there is time and obviously um if if a major manufacturer wants us to test any equipment we will yeah, happily yeah. do that for them or any saudi league coming out. oh no sorry sorry yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. No, 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 no 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 okay steady, no, right, steady. Right, right, no. You're, you're way off script there sorry Des. i was i was okay that said there are I want to pass on my thanks to the team at Andrew Morris Golf for some exceptional service and advice as I've recently went through the fitting process for my new purchased Callaway Apex irons. The whole experience was fun 
and yet very professional, trying to get me fitted up. I think fitted up might be the wrong expression yeah, these days. No, no, with you, I think it's a, it's a correct expression. Yeah, right. yeah, fitted up, yep. Fitted up with the correct set of irons for my current skill level. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously this endorsement is of limited value to anybody outside of Northern Ireland. I, I doubt yeah, that yeah. people are going to fly in from all over the world to, to visit Andrew Morris Golf, but... If you are local and, uh, you know, you do need advice or a good selection and the proper testing facilities before you buy, all I'm saying is I would thoroughly recommend them. They have a great facility to test out clubs and iron out a selection. Do you see what I did there, Des? It's not big. It's not clever. I'll I'll speak well of Andrew as well because he does actually sponsor us nicely on our little uh, tour to Sligo at the end of May and always throws in a couple of freebies. So you do have a sponsorship relationship with with Andrew Morris Golf? Well, I don't know if it'll go that far, but uh, no, it's a big, great facility out there, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Particular thanks to Andy... Not Andrew himself, who wasn't available, but Andy uh, for keeping me on track when I was going through that. And Des, you were with me last night for the first night out with the new sticks. I was hoping you'd possibly (laughs) bring that up. How did that go? Yes, your new yarns. And we thought, oh, this is going to be tough. I remember actually you were playing a match play match last night against uh, young BJ and uh, now I the only thing I can remember is the last match play you had was against me. And I don't want to bring that up that, that you were given a kick in five and four. But how did you get on last night, Martin? After three holes, I was in good shape. Yeah. Now, how did we get on last night, Martin? Uh, I got beaten five and four again. Again? Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> and listen, uh, 29, 29 points uh, playing off eight. Uh-huh. Uh, I think within that, I had five lost balls and four dings. Uh-huh. So it was a sporadic night. When it, it was. was good, it was quite yes. nice. When it was bad... It, it, was, it was quite a pull night. It was. It? I was pulling it yeah, very well, sharply yeah. left, which is not my standard shot. It's not shot. your game. But I'll tell you what, I'll give you 200 quid for those clubs if you want. Per club? Oh, did you Did you quite... Oh, no, I wouldn't even dare ask you what you paid for them. No, it's that's just obscene. You you pay what the market demands yeah, yeah. and for the service and everything else. You choose what level yeah. of club you want to pay at. All yeah. I can say is that the Callaway Apex Irons... If they were offering them with a bit Give more of a discount, time. it would be nice. Give but, them time. <laughs> but, <laughs> do you know, I was explaining um, to the guy, Andy, when I was going through the process, and he said, so how did you pick your woods? And I said, actually, I picked them here a couple of years ago, and I was going through it with Andrew uh, and all the rest of it. And Andrew was showing me the, the Ping G45, and he was showing me the Titleist T112 or whatever they were and all the rest of it. And I said, yeah, I know, you're kind of wasting your time. Callaway had me at the word epic. <laughs> oh I, yes I do I do think and he just laughed and he says uh-huh. you're genuine about that yes I went in there and I was going yeah I know those that's got a really fancy number and that's, uh-huh. that looks quite nice but they had me at the word epic, epic. Yes, and, yes and to be honest I've been very very happy with the epics yeah, um, you weren't epic last night but no look that's, on, that's cool on. that three wood last <laughs> night was out driving you by a considerable distance I was choking down on my driver don't <laughs> choking you down worry. my driver and my three woods going 50 yards <laughs> past you but anyway let's yeah. let's not spoil our evening's <clears throat> no, entertainment no. by just talking about there was something more importantly was on at the weekend young martin there was we'll turn back to the u.s open at brookline now for those of you that remember a few years ago there was a very famous battle at brookline um 
in the Ryder Cup. It was a pretty touchy affair, and that would have been the last time I would have taken Brookline pretty much under my notice, because mm-hmm. uh, it hasn't held a major championship no. since that I am aware of. No, that's right. But let's just start at the very start, okay? Mm-hmm. Major golf is simply the best. Oh, it is. Comment. It is. Absolutely. No, and the one of the come of the little some of the little stats that came out of that. It was the fourth straight year the US uh, Open has produced a first-time winner. Now, that's good for the game. That's itself, very good. Isn't it? You know, and I mean, obviously, Matt, uh, he knew Brookline. He, he won, obviously, the US Amateur there. But Matt has been playing very quietly hot golf. He's had four top ten finishes finishes in the last five tournaments. The guy is hot. Yeah, and he had a real run at Southern Hills yeah. and, and faded a bit on the Correct. final day and couldn't quite get it done. But, I mean, his final day performance was yeah. top rate. He solid. hit 17 out of 18 oh. greens in regulation at a so U.S. Open. Solid. It was lovely. And, I mean, I felt for Will Solitaris. You know, that putt. I, I think everybody thought, oh, he's got it. He's got it on 18 for the playoff. And, oh, dear, poor Will. Again, Will Zalatoris has gone right up, in my opinion. Yeah. And yeah. there's a nice little story that uh, at the side of the green on 18, where Matt Fitzpatrick's parents and his brother. Yes. And after he had lost, Will Zalatoris went up to Matt Fitzpatrick's parents and said, mm-hmm. I hate losing, but if I was going to lose to anybody I'm glad it was your son. Yeah, nice touch. And that is a really classy touch. And I think Will Zalatoris, and I heard him speak afterwards, he has gone right up in my yeah, estimation yeah, yeah. for understanding how the game is meant to be played. Yes, yes. I think and he's a true competitor, and he's he's getting his interest. His putting, despite what everybody has uh-huh. said, his putting was pretty solid oh, all week. Oh, it was pretty pretty sharp. It really was, and was it was. I think Will. We're going to hear a lot about Will this year. I think he's up there, and he's 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 hitting the bar. Uh, he's hit the bar a couple of times now. And as you say, a lovely guy. I hope it comes good from uh, soon. Well, he deserves it, yeah. and uh, I would certainly be saying he now deserves a, a, a big yeah. win. Do you know what I thought was one of the other great stories from the U.S. Open uh, that only four. Players who had been in the the LAV event made the cut. From the set, there were seventeen uh, at the open, and only four of them made the cut. Now, what does that say? DJ obviously was the best, at tied twenty uh, fourth or something. That says a lot, and I think that's another major victory for the PGA over uh, Greg. Well, I mean, in my notes here, one of the things I noted down was Dustin Johnson and the Live Boys already looked like yesterday's news. Yeah. Yeah, and don't forget that, and we'll come back to this particular point. But mm-hmm. um, Brooks Kepka hadn't declared at this point that he was going to live. <laughs> um, well, not officially, no, but, uh, but uh, his cringeworthy interview oh, before it was awful. embarrassing, embarrassing. But the more I uh, look at it, the longer they play in what meaningless tournaments. Yeah, the less relevance their presence and opinions have for real competitors. You That's know, they're it. not. They're not actually. I mean. Yeah, a three-day event, uh, no cut, you know. Uh, meaningless is is a very polite word, I think, for what the live competition is so far. So there only has been one tournament, but, you know, no, I totally agree. Certainly from my point of view, looking at them and going, they all look disinterested. And I'm going to come back to that because I don't want to jump too far ahead. We we have yeah. a great tendency yeah. in this podcast to, to, get, to jump ahead. But Scotty Scheffler, again, mm. turned up, played great. Yeah. Here to stay, 
could easily have doubled his major tally yeah. and at a point yeah. in time led on a, on Sunday. Slipped away, tied second. Mm-hmm. He's having just a stellar year. He is, of course, yes, yes. Uh, uh, he He's still looking very strong. And I mean, to do the scores that he's been doing, and as you say, to get another great uh, position in the US Open, he's, he has strengthened his number one position. And I don't see, I mean, I can't see anybody knocking him off his perch uh, probably this year. Um, you know, somebody like Matt Fitzpatrick has been playing very well, as we said, four top ten. But he's only up to number ten. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, it shows you how much somebody has to. Well, John Ram, of course, had a reasonable uh, U.S. Open and was fighting there. Uh, at one stage, I thought he's coming good. Rory, uh, Rory's what's still number three? I think you he's know. up to number two. Oh, sorry, is he? Okay. Rory is up he's to number two. Ram. Now, what I Noted down here is Rory broke our hearts uh-huh. again. He did, he did. But, but, and I think this is something that we're all a bit prone to do. We're sort of saying he's not winning majors. He should be winning more majors. Mm. He does. Ha- he has won four. Yeah. He came fifth. Mm-hmm. He's world class. Yeah. Both on and off the course. Well, yes. And you know. he is right up there. He's carrying so much responsibility in his shoulders, and yet he's still <sighs> performing. He's still, yeah, yeah. So. Is a fifth place bad? I mean, it's great to see Matt Fitzpatrick break through. There's a new, effectively, and yeah. somebody new being regarded as in the superstar category. Yes. Now, Matt Fitzpatrick has a quiet demeanor. Mm-hmm. He certainly wouldn't be showy in any aspect. In fact, I've been following his Twitter uh, since he won, and uh-huh. basically uh, the trophy hasn't left his side uh, neither have his parents or his brother. No, of course. <laughs> and it just seems to be the four of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they just seem to be so focused on, on what uh-huh. he does. And uh, Billy Foster certainly is enjoying uh, of course, of uh, course, the moment. Yeah. But the reality is Rory is world class. Yeah. And yeah. we are being somewhat critical of him not mm-hmm. just getting over the line and winning. Well, of course, I think you did predict that he would win one of the majors. I predicted the U.S. Open. Yes. Well, you know, I think if he if he if he did win a major, I would give you I'd buy you a wee uh, chocolate bar, you know. But oh, you, he's still you he's, never <laughs> cease to amaze me with but your he's generosity. Still got, you know, he still got St Andrews there uh, in a few weeks' time, and I don't know. I think he's still going to be up there. You know, there are moments about that upcoming tournament that absolutely make me tingle. At the, the prospect, because St. Andrews is not a long course. No. The wind needs, needs to, to blow. blow. Yep. Something Absolutely. needs to happen, because yep. otherwise it is going to, the winning score at the Open is going to be yep. huge. It could be. If we got four calm days, I suspect the winning score will be below minus yep. 20. Yep. Yeah. Well, do you know, I, I just want to bring up, I was caddying today, Martin, as you know. and You're I was, caddy does. I was caddying at our glass, and would you believe it, I was caddying, uh, well, there was four pros. Our four ball was four pros from uh, Florida. There wasn't a breath at our glass today, and they took it apart. And that's just exactly what we're talking about at St Andrews. The wind needs to blow to make that a tough course. Interesting. Absolutely, because what people refer to as regular hitters, mm-hmm. which are the pros that play week in, week out on tournament golf, yep. that is not, you know, it, St. Andrews, in my memory of it, I mean, there aren't massive dunes, there aren't massive no, dog legs, no. there aren't massive things, you know, depending on what they've grown the rough up to. Yes, it, they might have to. 
they're going to have to do something yeah, to narrow the fairways. The fairways are yeah, going to have to yeah, be narrow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tiger won it by um, bluntly, um, or the time he won it at St Andrews, he wanted playing irons off the tee. Yeah, yeah. And he right. wasn't in a bunker all week, I think. No, no, no. And he had a lot of birdies. Oh, did I ever tell you the time I played St Andrews more? Oh, that score goes up yeah. and up and up. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Well, here, talking about the talking titbits, did you see Grayson Murray hurling his putter on the final round? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he seems to be a fairly volatile character. <laughs> I know well, we quite like him because he half threatened to put Kevin Na on correct, his backside. Correct. You know, I mean, which, he went up in my with, with, with his little chats and tweets about Kevin Na. I thought were very, very good. But then, like after hurling <laughs> his putter, he then snapped his club uh, in a moment of madness on the par four seventh. But do you know want to know oh. something funny? He hit the shot, was so disgusted, he went back to his bag, took a different club yes, out and yes. broke the different club. <laughs> exactly. He didn't break the club that he just hit the bad shot oh, with. But that was when he had a quadruple bogey hit when he when he hurled his, his putter and then he triple bogeyed uh, he had triple bogeyed seven on the par four ninth. But that that was but it was on the tenth, wasn't it, that he had a good fairway hit yeah. and then then he pulled his next shot. And then he crashed his mid-arm over his knee. <laughs> I mean, the poor guy, he's got to get a fine for that. But even, did you see on his tweet, he, he, he wouldn't even apologise. He says, I'm not going to apologise for my actions. I think I think he's a very volatile character. And what what I also find amusing was Paige Sporanek, who is on Twitter. Uh-huh. She said, I love a good putter throw. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate then having to walk off into the rough and find it, yes. knowing I'm going to need it again for the next hole. Oh dear! No, but, I no, I have to say, I still Grayson Murray is up there still with me. I I I know that guy. I, I, I know his feelings. Yeah, especially yeah. with my golf at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, somebody else who came out of the uh, U.S. Open in particularly good uh, form was Joel Damon. Uh, who was famously earlier in the year the other person on the 16th at Scottsdale when Harry Higgs pulled the shirt oh, up and then yes. Joel Damon was the boy who whips the yes. shirt off and whipping it round his head. Yes. Joel Damon is good entertainment. He's good on Twitter. He's got a great caddy uh, on Twitter as well. And Netflix were following him, I believe, oh, last week. Okay. So for the Netflix show, they have picked the most spectacular year. Uh-huh. Uh, to follow, oh. uh, and I do think that documentary is going oh. to be for golfers. Yes, absolutely yes. outstanding. I was trying to think. I don't know what the name of the documentary is because the F one documentary about Formula One mm-hmm. is called Drive to Survive. Yes, which actually would have been could, quite you good. Use, you could use that again. You could use that again. Maybe Drive to Survive Two, or Drive to Survive Two, yeah. or and I I thought. Uh, Chipping away at the PGA oh was quite good, um, but I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. There've got to be a few good names out there, listeners. L- if live you, or let die. <laughs> live and let die. Um, or, uh, yes, uh, there's so many things. Yes, uh, uh, but uh, I think listeners, if you come up with a few good uh, names for the Netflix documentary uh-huh. on the 21-22 season in the PGA Tour, let us know because uh, it would be quite entertaining. We'll maybe give that a little thought over the next few yes, weeks and yes, maybe come up with one. a, a few a others. One. Okay, let's get to briefly to Brooks Kepka because that might lead us towards a slightly oh, different okay. uh, discussion there. Yes. Okay, Brooks Kepka, <clears throat> bit of a car crash. Yeah. Sort interview. of press conference. Yeah, terrible. And then, you know, basically he's bought and paid for. Yeah. 
But the thing about it is, I think he was trying to sort of uh, get out there to all those journalists at that interview that, no, no, maybe not. No, you're all jumping to conclusions. Everybody knew. <laughs> Everybody knew. And and obviously he waited till after uh, the US Open before he committed. But, I mean, it was so obvious that well, he was hook, line and sinker. What somebody wrote, which I thought was very interesting, is how do you think Chase Kepka got an invite? Mm, mm, mm-hmm. He yeah, didn't get it yeah. off his plane. No. So Brooks, I suspect, was well into discussions. And although yeah. Brooks is trying to say, I've given it no thought and all the rest of it, nah. his lawyers have been structuring the deal. Whatever deal he signed yes. for, he hasn't gone for less than Bryson. Mm-hmm. And Brooks... Uh, and I'm going to come back to this as well in our Twitter section because I think the Twitter section's mm-hmm. coming up with a lot of quite interesting stuff at the moment. Okay. But Brooks Kepka, and one of the things that um, Bunky Perkins on Twitter okay, Bunky, said, yeah. Bunky Perkins said on Twitter, Bruce Kepka hasn't played a good competition in about three years. <laughs> no. Since he won his four majors, he's been almost permanently injured. That's a very good point, yes. And he is another one who's maybe gone. Do you know what? This is my opportunity to cash in because my body is already falling apart. Yes, yes. And I think Bryson DeChambeau's pretty much said it's a uh-huh. business decision. Uh-huh. You know, the business decision might be I've actually destroyed my body. Yeah. And I, I'd like a decent payday before I have to give up. Correct. Let me go into the Goldie Oldie tour. Yeah. And, and so I, I think that's coming into play. So Brooks Kepka is another player. And then you start to think down through all the players. Mm. Tell me who the Live Golf Tour have got that is still in the prime of their career? Well, you're putting me on the spot there. Uh, um, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Last year, Louis Louis Oosthuizen had a fantastic year on the PGA Tour. He earned over $6 million uh, without a win. Yeah. Well, as we said earlier, Martin, if there's 17 players we're playing in the US Open there, as I think the 17 will be playing in, in as now confirmed, in the uh, the Open at St Andrews. It could be 18. Okay, of course. Uh, because um, Brooks. Brooks, yeah. But if it's only four of them actually made the cut at the US Open, of those 17, now what's that saying about about the quality? And as you say, the standout players at, at live at the minute, I'm struggling to... Maybe DJ is hanging, but he's hanging on there with his, with his game. Well, DJ has not won as much as he should have in recent no. years. He looks disinterested. Yeah. Oh. And and he's drifting steadily down in the rankings. DJ's out to something like seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And, and the, this is the thing about the <clears throat> and uh, he's the highest ranked. He's player. the highest ranked. Yeah. yeah. And o, the OWGR world rankings. Mm-hmm. You know the points very quickly over a two year cycle. Mm-hmm. You you drop quite quickly yeah. if you're not. I mean. I, we mentioned it in the last podcast, but yes. Charles Schwartzel won the event, won the biggest cash amount ever won by a golfer in a yep. single tournament, and dropped five places in the That's world it. rankings. They're not getting because any there were no points. points. And, Correct. And yeah. the week had yeah. gone by without anything. So yes. I thought the crowds were pretty respectful towards the defectors. They were. But none of them, none of the guys who have defected looked particularly comfortable. No, no, no. There was a few little rumblings here and there, and I think Patrick Reed got a wee bit of a hard time uh, at one of them. But generally, and we talked about that before, we thought there's a possibility they might have got a roasting. 
But I have to say, I agree with you, Martin. The Boston crowd were very, very uh, polite. Yeah. Now, I do think Phil's press conference was another absolute car crash. Oh, and, yeah, I mean, he yeah, looked, yeah. he was trying to head it off. But uh, I think people were saying, yes, you know, Phil was spent a lot of time saying, I, I respect your opinion, and yes, I can respect that, and yes, I can respect, and didn't mm-hmm. answer pretty mm-hmm. much any of the no, questions. He didn't answer anything. But, where he's going, but what I did think is, Phil Mickelson now looks haunted. Yeah. Genuinely does he not look he comfortable. No. He, he's a shadow of his former self. Where's yeah. the yes. Where's the bluster, the Phil Mickelson, yeah. and all the rest of it? And I've written here, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I shouldn't write this stuff down in my notes, <laughs> Des, but I just wrote... Maybe that happens when you sell your soul. Yes, possibly. <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> to maybe the devil. Maybe when you realise that yes, I've got the money in the bank now, but now I've got to live with the consequences of what I've done. Yes, yes. And there's no question his he, popularity has no, dropped. He wasn't getting rapturous response. No, no. His golf certainly didn't do anything, and that leads me to a very, very nice little story. Okay. Fifty-seven-year-old Franny Quinn came through two rounds of qualifying to play a U.S. Open in his home state 34 years after narrowly missing out. Okay? (laughs) Okay. He had his son on the bag for him, and he shot a 76 on day one. Okay. Phil Mickelson pocketed $200 million of Saudi money last week Uh to play 54-hole exhibitions and shot 78. Yeah. In the yeah, first run. Yeah. I'm just saying. I know, I know. That's a nice comparison. You I know, like it. Franny like Quinn it. will have earned no money because he didn't make the cut. Yeah. But what he was playing it because it was to play in his national championship yeah, yeah. in his home state after he didn't get in before. And he, he did it with his son in the bag in front of the crowds. For him, mm-hmm. he's got this immense memory. Phil really yeah. didn't care. No, no. I noticed that he actually also said that, yes. I wasn't as prepared as I thought I was. Really? You haven't played competitive golf for four months. You play one 54-hole exhibition tournament and you think you're ready for the US Open. The event that has defeated you every single time. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, was DJ uh, ready for it? Was was Sergio ready? Was Kevin Na ready for it? None of these guys were. Well, sorry, DJ didn't make the cut. DJ well, Deshambo made the cut, but then yeah, did, made did a nothing after it. Yes, yeah. yes, and uh, I think Patrick Reed made the cut. Yeah, it's going to be a. I was going to say a very interesting month ahead with the Portland, the Oregon Portland uh, competition come up at the end of the month. I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, six months uh, of of more golf and where this is going to go. How much interest uh, is Liv going to get uh, from here on? And they said they've signed up a few little uh, TV guys uh, and I, I heard them being mentioned and I just didn't even... Uh, recognize any of the television stations that are going to take them on. Uh, maybe Le Coupe is a, the French one that was about the only one. But is this, I mean, where is Liv going? I, I, I still am baffled. Uh, somebody told me many years ago, the opposite of love is not hate. Mm. It's indifference. Okay. And so that, you know, it's when we are all actually become completely indifferent to this. Once a few of these events have happened yeah, and they're no, yeah. of no interest and no consequence yeah. and all the rest of it, we'll just stop talking about it. Could. And the only thing you'd be talking about is how much money these people have won. Yeah, yeah. But I just don't see the longevity in the plan. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just, I can't, I'm, I'm finding I can't it difficult see, to... I can't see the interest no. um, from fans 
to go and watch yeah. something that's so fake. And I mean, I know they've approached all the big, I know they've, they've approached the BBC, they've approached Sky Sports, and no doubt they've tried to get some of the big American broadcasters, but none of them are biting. And until you get big ones like that, I mean, your event is just going to die away into the shadows. Well, let's look at the last two weeks in golf. The RBC Canadian Open and the US Open. Yeah. Two stonking tournaments played out with true competition. Absolutely. Down the wire, fans watching it, plenty of fans. Viewing figures through the roof. roof And, you know, proper battles to win something that mattered. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, also at that time frame, Centurion Club happened, and we know Charles Fortzel won. Yeah. But who cares? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Charles does. He's got a big... Check in his bank account. Um, who came second? Uh, Third. Duplessis du came second because I know that because I okay. did the research okay. for the thing. Probably one of the After few. that, yeah. not a yeah. Scooby Doo. Yeah. Not a clue. Could I just go on to? I, I, I was telling you, I read a lovely wee article by Eddie Pepperell, um, who is, he's well into the DP World Tour, and I think he's. He's, he's, he's on the he's, advisory he's, council. He's or on something. Some one of the yeah. committees. That's right. He wrote a lovely article. He says he remembers that the evening with Laurie Cantor. Uh, when Laurie Cantor first spoke about committing to the LAV Golf, he, he said over dinner, Cantor said to him, he felt it was right for him, you know. Now, Pepperell wrote a very honest article. I said he he did not want to really judge his friend. And look, the way he looked at Live Golf, he says, they have effectively secured a bunch of guys for four years to play in a series where only 48 Eight players could play, you know, but the effect that Live Golf might have, and this was something I never actually thought or didn't put into as much depth as Eddie Pepperell has. He said there is uncertainty about what the DP World Tour does next. One school of thought says the tour's legal advice discourages discourages them from banning players who jump ship. Uh, another says that the tour sponsors would not support suspensions that lessen the quality of tournament fields. And this week's BMW International Open in Munich is open to European tour players who have signed up for the Live Golf Series. Now, he says with the Live uh, schedule rising to 14 tournaments by 2024, it is difficult to imagine the series happily coexisting with the European tour. But he went on to say, he says, let's say the worst comes to the worst. And in five years time, the European tour no longer exists as it is today. And Live Golf has grown into something bigger and there's 100 players out of work because of that. He says, now, there will be accusations accusations thrown at these players. And Laurie included, he says, his friend, uh, you know, that they helped to put these guys out of work. You know, and, and so that, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Uh, he went on to say, he says, I don't think I would feel very good about that. I don't know if they have considered this. People might say... Well, this is the free market at work, but it's not a free market. Not when the people with almost limitless money don't need to make it financially viable. He went on to say, he says, we've heard rumours that Westwood thinks our tour is finished. That's the DP word. If this happens and we look back and conclude that Live Golf put the knife into the back of the European tour, how are Westwood and Poulter and Sergio uh, and these guys going to feel about themselves, knowing that they have been complicit. And, and now you can make the difference, but you're not. You're serving yourselves, and ultimately you may be contributing to the demise of a tour that helped you to become the players you are. It's just sad, isn't it? 
I think that's saying an awful lot of things in quite a short article. Um, but the the reality is very simple. They're not all going to coexist. Yeah. And and if golf, as I've said all along, is is not a business, it's not attempting to be a business. No. It doesn't have to make a profit. It's it's got Correct. something. And I mean, one of my favorite tweets from a, a while ago is that Greg Norman would sell his soul to the devil. Yeah. And then the devil came calling. Yeah. Now, that's strong statement, but here's the point is Greg Norman has had a vendetta yeah. against yeah. the PGA Tour for a number of years, and uh, he has, in fact, found somebody to bankroll that. Yeah. And yeah. so Greg is determined to destroy this. I'm tired of any phrase that is growing the game. I'm tired of yeah, any phrase yeah, that yeah. says no. uh, additive, not competitive. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of being told that they're not going to cross over with heritage events. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of being told that this is the future of golf. It isn't. No. no. It's a payday for a certain number of people who have mm-hmm. taken an opportunity. And do I believe that Westwood, Poulter, Keimer, Garcia, mm-hmm. McDowell, they yeah. have yeah. looked at what it does for them. Yeah. And they've gone, they've taken the money to go yes. in a certain route. They did not need to do it. They weren't on their uppers. No. Nope. You know, at the end of the day, they are taking money out of other people's pockets because no matter what happens, if Liv do what they say they're going to do, they're mm-hmm. only ever going to have 48 players. Yeah, that's right. That's Three right. day tournaments. Uh-huh. So what happens to all the other players when, if the very best in the world, and if the very best in the world do play on the Live Tour, mm. Well, then, by very nature, a lot of people who committed and went earlier are getting hoofed off. Correct. So yeah. where do they go? That's right. That was a big gamble they had. So I, I think... But, I mean, do you ever think that Westwood, Poulter, McDowell, did they did they even think what they might be doing down the line to no. the European Tour? No, I don't no. think I don't think they look past their own position. They must, but they must have put some thought into the fact that look what we are doing. Okay, we're money grabbing, and it's not nice money from where it's coming from. But they must have thought. Mm, what's, I'm almost what past where the money comes from, and and that sounds dreadful mm. because the country that the money comes from exists, and it's a very wealthy country, yeah. and it is invested all over the world. I kind of have to accept that, and I don't want to be hypocritical. What is annoying me more than anything else is these pros who are failing to recognize what made them, Mm -hmm. what gave them the platform that gets to this. And for them to pretend that this is a business, it is not a business. No, no. This thing's already bankrupt if it's a business Mm -hmm. because you cannot spend this amount of money for no return and stay in business. This is not a business. And I've heard it said elsewhere, and I've been saying it for quite some time. It is not a business. Therefore, I cannot support it. Plus, I don't like Greg's approach of trying to tear down an institution that made his name. Look, it made made his name. It made Poulter's name. It made Westwood's name. And it's, you know... This is what's frustrating The other aspect about it is, is the legal end of it that is going down the line. And I, I think within the next 12 months, the legalities are going to be very big on this. And they're going to be challenging not just the DP world, uh, tour, they're going to be challenging the PGA Tour big time, and I mean, if if that could be another blow to both those those, uh, but they're going to go through the American courts. Yeah, and I'll give you a little example, a very amusing example I know of from uh, about twenty five years ago. There was a Japanese corporation was running a court case in the United States of America, 
And they arrived into court one day and the lawyers for the Japanese corporation said, uh, we would like a continuance because we're not quite ready to go to court. And the judge looked at him and went, we will give you as much time as for a continuance as the warning you gave us for Pearl Harbor. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I, th- I think that was where they were, they were put straight in because I think there was something like an eight-minute warning. Okay, <laughs> you know, okay, that, okay. Sorry, we're, we're, we're about to be under yeah. attack. Yeah, well, you know, you say that, okay, you, the legalities, but the, you've just reminded me of somebody there actually was talking about The PGA this. Tour is smart, by the way. They'll, oh. try and, they'll try and get the, uh, the legals held in New York. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But hold on. I don't think, uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to be uh, a one-month legal battle. This is going to go on for a long, long time. I mean, the Saudi money, uh, there's no bottom to that bucket of Saudi money. They're yeah. going to have, but in uh, the meantime, you know how, I th- somehow I think American lawyers like a little challenge yes, if they there's do. a lot of money there. But I will tell you now so. that the period of time, they, you know, the players will be held out from playing. Uh-huh. Yes, that'll could be. be. That that'll could be, be the thing is, yep. so the players are, are held uh-huh. out from playing. The the stress is, players are also going to have to turn up in court. Yeah. yeah and let's right. be honest, pro golfers aren't used to going to court and getting <laughs> well, I mean, just on. watch the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard <laughs> stuff from recently. <laughs> well, yeah. we have seen the guys, uh, these, these live players, not actually up in court, but up in some little interrogation uh, game Where with they the journalists. Where they haven't had to answer. No, correct. Well, they, they haven't had to answer. So, and even you know, then, if, they've been if, awful. If they have to go to court, this would be another, uh, well... I think our podcasting might be going on for another for another few months. Martin. Oh, I, I suspect it could. <laughs> no, just on a very slight side note, uh-huh. um, would Graham McDowell, and I put this out as a plea over the airwaves, would Graham McDowell please stop talking? Mm. You are, yes. you stated oh. in the last couple of days that there is a smear campaign against oh. Live Golf. Oh, would you grow up? And realise no. that you sold out for money yeah. and that we as fans are perfectly entitled to our opinions, yeah. even if they do not match yours. Now, you did your deal. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But stop trying to justify it to us. We're not seeing no. that you've no. done something no. that we like or approve of. Stop trying to tell us and stop telling us there's a smear campaign. Shut up. <laughs> take your money. And actually, for once in your life, just realise that you're not the most important person. No, he's certainly not anymore. I may have appeared slightly you annoyed might, in you that, might. In that And I would have rant. to say, Martin's face has got quite red there in, in, at that moment in time. But I, I agree with you with his comments. And I mean, where he even sort of said, but well, I'm trying to, we're, we're trying to lead Saudi Arabia to a better place. And somebody I remember saying, but it's you're just sports washing, you know, just like the Nazis did in, in their period of the 1936 Berlin Olympics, trying to uh, wash over their bad little deeds. I thought it was a quite a good comparison. That's a it's a very strong comparison, is, and I'm pretty sure we'll get comments back on we this particular get, we might, we might. rant. But I do think this is the thing that more and more, and I've I've talked to a lot of people, and a lot of people have said very openly. That, oh, it's great, it's shaking golf up, it's doing this. Uh, and I, I actually was debating this with, actually, funnily enough, one of the guys in Andrew Morris Golf last week. And he said, okay. yeah, it's good because the PGA Tour has had a bit of a monopoly. It'll shake things up. And I said, that's yeah. great. I'll tell you what. I will get a bottomless pit of cash and I will open up a golf shop half a mile from here. Mm-hmm. And I will sell all my kit at a loss. At half price, yeah. 
until you go out of business. Yeah, yeah. And how long will you stay in business if I do that? Yeah. Because I don't need to make a profit. And that's goes, a good oh. point, yeah. He goes, oh, well, that's actually is a good point. <laughs> you know, and I'm saying that's what they're doing. And Martin, there's no better man to do it. I think I might also go bankrupt in the process. Oh, but dear. but, oh, but dear. my point is, if you had a bottomless know, pit of, of course, cash, of course. you can yeah. put people out of business. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're yeah. a business. No, and that's the, as Eddie Pepperell said, this is the big scare for the DP world. But that's you why know. the guys who are jumping in now, they're yeah. getting big money, they're taking big money now. They're not anticipating this is going to last. No, no, no. I, none of them think they're going to be playing this in five or ten years' time. But again, the point I was making, they don't have a conscience. They don't have a conscience as to what the future might, might be made of by what they have done. No, and, and for the tour that brought them up and brought them up through their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and made them and get, got them a lot of money, did they not give a second thought as to what they might be doing? And I don't think they do. I don't think they do. No, I think they're no, solely no. focused on their personal That's position. That's very sad. End to and, and that yeah. is it. And so it it's... Heroes fall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys, I think a lot of these guys we will be not talking about in six months' time because the tournaments they're playing in are utterly irrelevant. Yeah. We, and uh, so we're, we're not necessarily going to be talking about that. We'll probably cover the court cases. Yes, well, uh, yes. You know, from our well informed position. Well, do you know, just on a little side, I mean, I was glad to hear uh, a lot of, lot, a lot of the guys, we're hearing about all these guys that have joined the Live Tour. But uh, Rory's obviously very outspoken. He's never going across. And then again, recently, Colin Marikawa was, was Thank goodness. Being, and he's come back on Twitter and good. adamant that he is not. And I, a couple of other names I thought were good. Uh, Harold Varner uh, said, it's not worth it. Uh, and perhaps most importantly, given his age and promise, Victor Hovland told Nor- Norwegian media he has no plans to join. Because um, he was, again, the rumour mill has gone Greg's, into overdrive. Was there, yep. And this is, this is Greg's best hope is that pe- people feel, oh, I'd better jump before I don't have a place. Yeah, But yeah. the reality is, I think they've taken most of what they're going to take. Yeah, yeah, they could. Because if you actually think about it, you go down the top list right now. Yeah. I don't think any, I mean, Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick's not jumping ship. No, no, of course not. Um, no. You know, no need to. I mean, John Ram said it best. Yeah. I yeah. have earned enough already to retire. I don't need, you know, if I go and get signed for 50 million, 100 million, 200 no, million, no. it will not change my life at all. No, no. I no. can already comfortably retire and I'm not finished yeah, doing what I want yeah. to achieve. I'm going to stop us because, yes, again, we much. will go yep. in circles and there's mm-hmm. so many other things I want to get to and our podcast, I don't want it to get to unbearable lengths for the listeners. <laughs> but I... One of the nice things that's come back to us in some of the comments is that people say, as with other podcasters, they keep fans up to date in a fairly short space of time with what is actually going on. Yeah. And we have some people who now would very kindly say, yep, we listen to you to find out. To keep up to date. And and it's it's sort of bring us up to date. We've got it. You know, Uh we may have watched a bit of golf, but here are a few more inside stories because you boys are taking the time to do a bit more research. Mm -hmm. And that's great. So let's, on that front, there's a ladies' major this week. Oh, yes. The KPMG Women's PGA Championship. And just this week, the prize fund was doubled yes. from $4.5 million to $9 million. I heard that. And I think that for me this week, that will be my golf-watching priority. Correct. Is to watch the ladies play. I think they're playing at Colonial. 
Uh, you've got me there. Yeah. But I, I, uh, I know or our... Congressional. Congressional, I think you it's could It's congressional, be, yes, yes. not colonial. Apologies. And uh, we've got our little Leone Maguire playing well yep. in that. There's a, there's a whole lot. And the ladies' game, as I've said before on the podcast, is fascinating to watch. They are The oh, skill level yeah, is so. very, very high. Oh. As amateurs, we can learn yes. almost more from watching how the ladies play the game uh-huh. than actually we can, because we can't hit the ball. Well, the men can, but the ladies rely on much more on tempo and swing, and yeah. they are a better watch for amateurs. Oh, they to are actually fantastic. Work out I mean, how to I, try and I do go it. back to the British, uh, uh, the British Amateur Open uh, that was held at our glass a few years, just about three years ago, uh, under eighteen, and these girls were all uh, anything. Beth Coulter, who has actually got into I think the uh, the top thirty two in the the British Masters, uh, sorry, the British match play. Uh, this week, but she was fourteen at the time, and I watched her have a hole in one at the fifth at our glass in her practice round. But to watch the other girls, and these girls were only fifteen and sixteen, and they, they, they were practically driving the first green, Martin. That's how yeah. good they are, and they are a fantastic watch. And I totally agree with you. It's only in about the last year or two that I've really started watching a bit of the women's golf, and it's, it's, it's very impressive. The good competitions on the ladies are every bit as good as the good competitions yeah, in yeah. the men's tour. And it's quite nice that they are actually, they tend not to come up against. So the US Open is not up against the week of a ladies major. So yeah, you can actually yeah. end up watching both. I'll also watch the travellers a bit this week because again, mm-hmm. there is a good field. Um, you know, the Scotty Scheffler's playing, Rory's playing. There's a, there's about uh-huh. five of the top ten in the world are playing at the Travelers Championship this week, the week after the U.S. Open. Yes. So there's obviously a concerted effort by some of the top players to to play in these events, especially to keep the profile on the PGA uh-huh. Tour. Yes. Hi. Yes. Yeah. Let me throw you a curveball. Oh, I like a curveball. Yeah. Do you think Live Golf will ever tackle the ladies tournament for a pull away league? I think they have already invested. I mean, they're in the ladies' game, there's the Aramco series, uh-huh. which is Saudi-funded, but it, it's yes. standard tour events but linked into the ladies' like European tour. Greg try to pull forty, try to get the forty at top of ladies. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, does the future? What does the future hold for it, women's it golf? It all depends whether or not this is a serious attempt to become the dominant force yes. in golf, or is it somebody bankrolling? Greg's obsession uh-huh. with the PGA Tour. We don't know how this is going to play no, out. No. There are plenty of opportunities. Only a week ago, we were debating whether or not the DP World Tour could be purchased by the Saudis. Yes. And that has appeared yes. in the press several times since. And, and you there's know, so, a couple of very important meetings coming up this week. Correct. With and DP that, World. That could be the very interesting point as to whether that goes. But yes. look, we're drifting yes. again. Okay, sorry. Sorry, okay. we're transgressing. Sorry. Yes. <clears throat> Sir Nick Faldo has retired from the booth. Oh, he has stepping down and away, and Trevor Immelman is being promoted to be the lead okay, analyst. Okay. Um, he's a very nice guy. He's good too, yeah. Um, apparently, Nick is retiring to spend more time on the farm with his wife, dogs, and animals, and to do a lot more fishing. Oh, isn't that lovely? Yeah. I thought it was okay. quite nice. Then I discovered his farm was really quite big, and it was in somewhere like Montana. So I think, okay. I, think it, <laughs> I don't think he's... Um, Good luck, Nick. <laughs> um, just, just an aside, and I know we're drifting back. I do hate the way we end up drifting back as, as often to this. But Rich Eisen, who runs a really big radio show um, mm-hmm. and TV personality in, in America, sports uh, broadcaster, 
he has dubbed the live tour the Greg Norman revenge tour. Yes. Which is is a gain, yeah. uh, and the, he he states very clearly it will not grow the game; it will simply dilute it. Yeah, and he then went on to say it's a competition, it's competition. Fans want not exhibition, mm-hmm. which is something yeah. we've been saying. Yeah. And on that very point, mm-hmm. Sandy Lyle, aged sixty four, okay, has no exemption still for the Open, even though he's a past winner. Your exemption runs out at sixty. Sixty. So yeah. he has no exemption. Because Greg, Greg, Greg couldn't play on it. Correct. Sandy is currently in final qualifying to try and gain a spot at St. Andrews. He's trying to play his way in because he obviously wants to play. Okay. Greg Norman, who made a bit of a sort of publicity stunt by asking the RNA for a place, he's made no attempt to play his way into the 150th Open. Yeah. But Sandy Lyle cares enough, and it's at St. Andrews, Uh that he has... He has tried to play his way in. Ah, very good, very good. Good luck, Sandy. <laughs> yeah. Now, just before we go to uh, our uh, sort of Twitter roundup for the week, okay, because there's plenty of stuff on Twitter, we always like as well uh, here on the podcast uh, on a standard night as well, and especially in mid-golfing season, is to have something from Caddy's Corner. Oh, and yes. the stories that a caddy will throw uh, out there, I still uh, think uh, some uh, of the caddy uh, stories are, are the more interesting things. <laughs> and certainly when we had Dave McNeely on, he was fantastic. Yes. Oh, he was. Um, he was. So, anything from yes, Caddy's Corner yes, this I week? Yes, I have a good little story for you. Now, this has only happened a couple of days ago, and... Uh, as you know, and I mentioned before, I like to check out on the notice board as to who is the tour that I'm going to carry for, just to find out a bit about them. And there I was looking down on the uh, uh, the timesheet and there's Murphy Tours. So I thought, okay, well, it's going to be Your some- type of guy. Well, now, you see, I just presumed that I got some tour guide, you know, with a crowd of Americans. No. Get down to the tee box and there are eight guys, seven Irish guys and one Bermudian Okay, and my, uh, I sort of was introduced to my four ball and I'm introduced to James with a strong Irish accent. I says, James, where are you from? He's always Meath. And I says, okay. Hey, it turns out they were all finance guys. Uh, my, my guy was a hedge fund manager. He, what his, he worked two weeks in New York and then four at home. I thought it was, it was a nice lifestyle and he wanted his kids to be brought up in Ireland and educated in Ireland. He was a very serious guy if... If not a stern guy, I'll put it put it as politely as that. But he tells me that uh, on his four ball, this was their last day, playing seven days in Ireland, and it was the same four ball playing, and his two against the other two, and their match was three all, and this was the final day. So he says to me, does he, we got to win this. This is big competition. So I thought, well, no pressure, you know. So anyway, we gets up to the second hole at our glass, if you know the par three, Martin. And, I know it very well, uh, yeah, that's one. Uh, over Howard's Hole, a lovely ravine, and uh, 165 yards. And I turn around to him, I says, now look, the wind here, I says, I'm calling 185 yards, you know. And he goes, okay, right. He hits a nice ball uh, onto the front of the green, and he's got a nice uphill putt. I call him, I says, now look, this is going to be uphill, obviously, and I says, it'll be two holes on the left. Now, he hits it four holes on the left, and there's a little ravine there. And because it hit the ravine on the wrong side, it goes left instead of right towards the hole. And he looks at me, and you know I say nothing. I, I thought, <laughs> I thought, oh God, I says, there's the trust has been lost, you know. But it, it got better. It was all okay until the ninth. If you do Martin the ninth, the par five, he hits a beautiful draw. He could hit a really good ball. Now the wind was helping here. 
I measured it. He had exactly just 301 yards, which left him, he, he, at this stage, he gets out his little uh, binoculars and looks at the flag. Laser yes, measuring I, device. No, no. Little I'm, binoculars. I'm applying to our non-golfing <laughs> fans here. So uh, he says, um, 215. I'm saying, yes, that's correct, 215. I says, uh, the wind, I says, you really need to hit 190. Uh, and, and I says, it'll, it'll kick in from there. He looks at me and he, he puts his utility sort of back in the bag and he says, 190. I says, yeah, see, you've only got 180 yards to hit here. And I says, that'll get us up there. So he pulls out a four iron and he hits it pin high, 15 feet left of the pin. Yep. There's cheers from his partner, Killian. His partner, Killian. Now, he wasn't an actor in case anybody watches Piggy Blinders. So we get up to the green. I look at the his eagle putt, and he looks at the eagle putt. He looks at me, and I says, "I says that's a straight putt." He says, "What?" He says, "It's got to come from the left." I say, "I say no, no, no." I says, "Look." And at this stage, he goes to the other side of the pin, and he takes a look from there, and he says, "Are you sure?" Now, I'm sitting here looking. Oh, this is my reputation on the line here for you know an eagle putt. I says, "Look, it's a straight putt." I kept confident. He hits it straight, drops it in the hole for an eagle. You know, there's cheers from this four ball. His partner chest pumps him, you know, and he, 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 come, he comes back to me with the putter and just hands it to me. And I go, okay. Yeah. So that was the M1 up at the ninth. But we go on and we come to the 15th. The next par five, if you know it, Martin, slightly dog leg left. I, I know you do. I, I do. But for the listeners, it's par five. It's a par five. Slightly dog leg to the left. White pillar. White pillar <laughs> down the and edge. round. That's right. Previously, somebody drove the ball 390 so, yards down there. Oh, hey, you're correct. <coughs> so he, 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 they're coming to this par five and they're all still talking about his eagle, you know. So he didn't. He hooked, no, he did. He hooked his drive slightly, but he's still okay. If anybody knows that he hits it up to the bunker near the white pillar, which is very close to out of bounds, okay? His two opponents, they hit lovely drives. His partner stands up and he hits his drive out of bounds, okay? Now, his, so pressure's on. Yes, pressure's on. His two opponents, they go up, they hit their second shots to about a 100 yards shot of the green. And he's standing over his ball. Now, I tell him, I says, look, you have 215 yards here. I says, you only need to hit 200. Hit it at the greenside bunker with your draw and the wind, and it'll bring it in beautiful into the middle of the green. He goes, no, I can't do that. He says, give me a six iron. I need to play safe alongside those guys, you know, and, and I, I need to get a half. I mean, my partner's out of bounds. I'm going, okay. So, oh, I says, look, I says, come on, be a hero. I says, smash the utility. There's a pause, okay? He looks at me. He looks at his bag. He says, okay, all right. So he pulls out the utility. He smashes the utility onto the green, pin high, leaving himself a 20-foot downhill putt. The other two guys, his opponents, uh, they hit their third shots sort of 20, 25 feet uh, from the pin. One of them goes up and sinks a birdie. Okay, so he now goes, oh my God. He, so he knows he has to two putt to get a half. Uh, or he could sink an eagle, you know. I, I line him up, you know, and I says, look, you've got two cups on the left here and drop it in. It was a big downhill putt, okay? And uh, I didn't want him to flat past, you know. He says, are you sure? He says, it, it looks straight. <laughs> he should know by now. No, no, listen, but this is it. He's still doubting me. I says, I says, look, two cups on the left and just drop it in. Okay, so he pulls back the putter. It slowly hits the ball. It's turning. It's rolling up to the hole. There's pure silence all around. 
it rolls to the hole right in the middle. I'm sitting going, oh God, is it enough? There's silence. It stops a millimeter from the hole, middle of the hole. There's silence. It drops into the <laughs> hole. <laughs> and I'll tell you, the rowers could be heard on the Isle of Man. There was a whooping and a wailing and from everyone. And of course, his mate Killian, he goes up in chest pumps again, you know. So we as caddies, we just walk back down, you know, 50 yards down to the next tee box, you know. He comes back to the tee box. He hands me the putter and I give him the driver. And that was it, you know. But his, his, his uh, Killian, he just shouts, partner. We're one up. Come on, we're three to go. And there's another fist pump, you see. So they have the next two holes. So they're going Dorby one up, down 18. Four great drives down the middle of 18. Four lovely shots onto the 18th green. They're all about 15, 20 feet away. Everybody missed their putts, okay? And uh, my guy and his partners obviously win the week. And they're, again, a whooping on a wheel on 18. Again, we take the bags back to the bus and uh, James eventually comes down to me, hands me the putter and he says, thanks, Des. Killian, his partner, hugs me. He says, thanks, Des. Thank you very much. You know? And uh, James gives me a pile of notes, you know. And I have to say, Martin, with four years carrying for generous Americans, that was the best tip I ever got. <laughs> well, and well earned. All oh. I can say is, I mean, you know, two eagles. Two eagles. And uh, you talked him into both uh-huh. of them, and he would have missed both if he'd listened. He would have, he would have yeah, to his yeah. own advice. Oh, I was very happy. Now, that was a lovely little story. I thought, you know. Before. Well, I, I think the phrase "lovely little story." Uh, <laughs> some of the listeners who uh, fell asleep got a full night's sleep and woke up to hear you finish it. Um, you know, it's but it's oh, a I great story. It's they, a great yes, story. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that 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 it, I was a very happy puppy that day. I, I enjoyed. I sat here, listeners, enraptured by Dez's word painting as he explained <laughs> everything that had happened over a, a round of golf with James. And if James, yes. if you are listening, because I'm pretty sure Des will have mentioned this podcast yeah, to I you. I know I would have, yes. You've made Des a very happy man. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. that's it. No, that is, it's a nice story. It was and a lovely day. One of the nice things about the stories you're coming back with is it's showing there is just a universal joy in playing golf. Yeah, yeah. And the guys yeah. are having fun out there. And it is an important... I remember when we were playing with our mate Cubo and he missed the putt fairly early doors and he went over and kind of hoofed his putter down and the caddy had to pick it up and walk on. I felt really bad for the caddy. I've always been... <laughs> tried to be very polite. Yes. When you've got carries, they're doing a job. Respect. And they're doing respect and, and all uh-huh. the rest of it. So fair play. Yes, Tonight yes. in the Billy Foster suite, the, the caddies corner was a stellar example of a player finally appreciating, even if he didn't express it on the way around the golf course, uh-huh. but expressing his uh, delight yes. in the services. He did of say a good thank caddy. you in the end. Oh, that, that's <laughs> very, As you do when you get two eagles. Very, yeah. very, very <laughs> decent. All right. I've a, I've a kind of a couple of twittery things that I, I kind of want to deal with. Amanda Rose, who's a regular twitterer, uh, she wrote, Dustin Johnson gets married and joins Liv. Brooks Kepka gets married and joins Liv. Mm. Is that a prerequisite to join? <laughs> Sorry, no more living in sin. We're a family tour. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now, Drew Stoltz, who is the Colt Nost's partner on the Subpar podcast, oh, yes, yep. he wrote, whether you're pro or anti-live, pro golfers as a whole are winning here. Either jump ship to live for game over money 
or stay on the PGA Tour and watch them bloat the purses to the biggest in tour yes, history. Yes. Everyone's getting a raise directly or indirectly, uh-huh. which is, again, another way of doing it. Brendan Quinn, he states, Kepka can, of course, take the dollars, but it's worth pointing out. He said repeatedly over the years he doesn't play for money, laugh out loud, and uh-huh. cares about competition, laugh out loud. He conveniently waited for other big names to take the live heat first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then my personal, he was comically full of shit last week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which, yes. Which, That's a very good description. That's a I, perfect description. I, I really quite liked. Yeah. And then somebody else had, had written about Brooks Kepka. Interested to see how the golfer who takes pride in not being told what to do by anyone will do in a series backed by people who absolutely and unequivocally tell everyone what to do. What to do, yes, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, and then somebody uh, wrote, with Brooks, Bryson and Patrick Reed gone from the PGA Tour, the PGA Tour has never been more watchable. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, Octodder's very good with those, those sort of comments, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, there, there's some very, very interesting stuff just uh-huh. uh, all, all over the place. But anyway, as a final thought, okay, mm-hmm. a little story came from the U.S. Open. Uh, a tweet from the U.S. Open from somebody who was there and reporting live from the course. Phil was standing on the 8th tee and Bones appears over the hill walking up to the 10th tee. Okay. Okay. Guy says, I've never seen two people try harder not to make eye contact with each other. <laughs> Justin Thomas and Laurie glance at each other and make this face. <laughs> Des can now see my face, but imagine an emoji that shows yeah. about as awkward as it gets. It is, and yeah. there's definitely, there's no love lost there. No, 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 absolutely it, not. It's, it's, oh, it's over. Yeah. And it's strange because it does annoy me a little bit because one of the reasons I ended up quite liking Phil for a period of time was mm. the connection with Bones, the yes, whole yes. team thing. The fact that he'd paid his dues, he'd worked hard, he'd yeah, got to the yeah. point he could finally win You majors. didn't know the backstory though. And we didn't know the backstory. We didn't and know now, the backstory. Now we know. And remember the Billy Walters book ain't oh, that far it's away. Coming. It's yeah. coming next year. And it's not going to be as fair and balanced, balanced I, as Alan no, Shipnuck's no. book, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you what, we'll have to get a copy of that. I don't think we'll get an advanced copy Might quite get an advanced easily. copy, no, no. But, but who knows. So, listeners, thank you very much indeed for sticking with us tonight. Again, we've covered a few subjects. Hopefully that gets you all up to speed. There'll be a few mildly amusing things in there. There'll be a bit more information. I think what's going to happen is very clearly that in the not-too-distant future, we're going to go back to focusing on the proper golf, the competitive golf. This sideshow is going to become that. And yes, we'll keep a general eye on on what's happening. But to be honest, I just don't see where it takes us in the true competitive. If I look at my last couple of weeks watching golf, I watched the Ladies US Open, which was fantastic. I watched the uh, Canadian Open, which was fantastic. And I watched the US Open. Yeah. We know it's not going to be that good every week because it just can't be. No, of course not. But when it really matters you get the really good golf. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't see that ever happening on this exhibition no, tour. I can't see it either, no. But anyway, that will do us for this evening, Des. Yes. Until we all record again, and uh, hopefully with young Mike actually able to join us uh, on the next occasion. Uh, my name is Martin. My name's Des. And young Mike has probably got the kids to bed, so he's not going to say goodnight, but I'll say goodnight for him, and we will see you very, very shortly.
If you've enjoyed this episode of In the Footsteps of Giants, please hit the subscribe button from wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you'd like to leave us a good review, that would be most helpful as well. And if you'd like to interact with the podcast, please use our Twitter feed, which is at itfog under slash podcast, and we'll happily deal with any queries or suggestions that you might uh, like to give us for future episodes. <laughs>